Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with you again in the Psychology Report. You know, over the uh, past um, number of months, we've seen a great deal of discussion take place and uh, pressure and uh, strategies by which to get different constituencies to vote. Whether they vote for Hillary or they vote for Mr. Trump was not the issue so much, but it was just getting them to vote. Because the church population, by and large, has not been a voting population. This year, about uh, 60% of those of faith voted. And that's a little bit more than has been the case in recent elections. There's been a great deal of talk about the religious population and uh, those of faith and whether they participate in the American process or not. And by and large, um, I guess we'd have to say it's moderate at best. But when you look at the church itself, inside the church, so to speak, what's going on uh, these days? There's, there's a considerable amount of going and coming, if you think of it in, in that sense. And uh, the church is in a kind of a flux, especially when it comes to young people. And I'd like to kind of just look at some of the recent research regarding young people in the church. And... Uh, when you go back to about 1970 and compare it to today, we have seen about a 33% drop in the number of people who are coming into the church because of the influence of the family and their friends and their extended family members. Um, it used to be about 90% of the people of the young people coming into church came as a result of family influence. Now it's about 60% come as a result of family influence. And um, there's another small percentage, about 20%, that come into the church because of the staff of the church or because of the programs of the church, something to do with the church itself. It attracts them. And then there's about 17% of the uh, young people coming into the church come in because of a person related to the church, went out and spoke to them in some way, or invited them in, in in some kind of manner, kind of a staff member of a church, or somebody who was involved, a leader in the church, invited them to come. So, by and large, the family still is the primary means by which people come to faith, and um, but now we're seeing less of that actually taking place, but that it still is the primary means by which people and young people come to faith, and um, there's that other percentage that will come as a result of the church having programs or something that having that attracted them or kind of interested them in the church itself. Now, when you look at that uh, research, and then compare it to another set of research studies that was done, it's kind of an interesting um, contrast, because at the same time as people are coming into the church, even though it's less, why are people leaving? Why are people, why are the young people leaving the church? They're leaving at about a 30% rate. Okay, just as I indicated. Why is that? Well, they're not connecting. They're not, their needs are not being met. They're not being recognized. They're not being incorporated. They're not being utilized in some way. And it's not a personal commitment, a personal bond, or a personal involvement. That's missing. So we're seeing this loss of around 30%, no matter how they come to church, whether it's from family or friends or 
contacts they have or because the church just is intriguing to them. It still is necessary for a bond to be formed and for them to stay. And that is the degree to which they are recognized, involved, and connected and bonded to the church program, the church staff, and the leadership of the church and those that also worship there with them. Now, the second thing is, what about the intellectual doubt that has always prevailed in young people? And not only young people, but everybody, in a sense, has their doubts. That's not uncommon and not unusual and certainly nothing to be ashamed of. But um, young people particularly have a degree of doubt. And if they have doubts about the Bible or about the dogma of the church or the format of the church or the structures of the church or the policies of the church or whatever it might be, if that creates doubt in them, and that is not expressed, that doubt is not expressed, they kind of keep it to themselves. In other words, they don't become part of a discussion group. They don't become part of an interaction or pattern with somebody else to get answers to those doubts. But if they keep it to themselves, they develop not only a lack of faith, but they often develop an unhealthy faith, an uncommon faith, a negative faith, if you will. Maybe more sarcastic, maybe more critical, maybe more demeaning. Maybe more abstract, but certainly younger people don't connect if they keep their doubts to themselves. They never get answers, you know, to that. And that is why a lot of the young people leave. They have their doubts, but they don't get answers to them. And part of the reason they don't get answers is because they don't ask. They're not part of a process by which doubts are addressed. Churches themselves don't have systems by which they can bring together people and answer the questions that they have, whether they're doubt questions or just intrigue questions or curiosity questions. Churches don't seem to have opportunities for people to come together and raise questions and have them answered by people who know the Bible well, whether it be the pastor or other members and leaders of the church. So in other words, their doubts go unanswered, unaddressed. And um, it's kind of like, the, it's a, it's like a, a standoff. One waits for the other one to ask the question so the other one can answer. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen either way. So from that, I think really what it's saying is that if the churches really want to deal with this issue of young people and some of the doubts they have and some of the reasons why they stay at a distance from the church, they need to have a system by which they have opportunity for people to come together, ask questions, discuss, and get those questions answered. It's not a question that what the pastor proposes to be discussed. It's a question of what an individual proposes to be discussed. It's what my doubts are. That's what's important. It's what my questions are. That's what's important. It's what answer I need. That's what's important. And often we don't do that within the church. However, on the other side of the coin, is if the doubts are addressed, if they are confronted and they are addressed in a meaningful way and in a sincere way. What the research shows is that the young people who get their, they get their doubts answered or, or discussed anyway, and at least some clarity is brought about, their faith develops. Their faith develops and they become very rich in their faith. They become very involved in the church and become very active in the church and they become identified with the church and with the faith itself and they become kind of a spokesperson for the church itself. So what it's really saying is that if you take this large population of young people who have doubts and you don't have a way for them to address those doubts, they not only leave the church, but they leave the church in a bad taste. But if those doubts are 
confronted and addressed and answered and uh, struggled with and, and kind of in a dialogue kind of a pattern. Those are the kids that not only become part of the church, but become leaders in the church, become involved and bonded with the church, and become a spokesperson for the church. Their faith becomes rich and positive as compared to weak and negative. So in the church, we're finding this kind of dilemma. 30% are leaving compared to what it was just 20, 30 years ago. And the doubts are great. They have to be addressed. And if they're not addressed, everybody pays a price, you know, for that. And still, people come to faith, come to the church, as a result of family and friends, invitations, and the program and the staff of the church reaching out into the community. So, whatever your church is, and however you're doing it, look at this kind of an issue. And see if you can improve on that. And make your church a more vital part of your community. This has been the Psychology Report with Dr. Alan Hedberg. And thanks for listening. Now, let me just refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. I have a book there on Jonathan Edwards and his life and how he was a leader in the church in the 1700s. And uh, some of the ways in which he got tempted to deal with young people and the questions they had in those days. And a book on Dr. Teach Me to Parent. And I go through a chapter on how parents can help their children develop a healthy sense of spirituality and religious uh, thinking and religious faith. So there's ways to, to address this issue. Here are a couple books that might be of help to you. I refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Nice to have you with me today, and uh, we'll see you again. Bye for now.